0: It's May 11th, 2022. Welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio, where we we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, we have Kirsten Turner. She is the deputy energy officer over at the state energy office. And she's here to tell us about a series of community engagement workshops to empower the community participation in clean energy transition. And, of course, uh, then we'll be joined by Ann Cho and also Kristen Irata, And uh, they're the recent winners at the University of Hawaii's PACE Venture Competition. And we'll talk about their startup called Goal. Uh, but right now, I want to welcome uh, Kirsten uh, Turner. And, uh, of course, she is the deputy energy officer from our state energy office. And there's a bunch of workshops coming up uh, that uh, I'd like her to share about um, why they're doing this, and of course, I want to welcome you, Kirsten, to Bite Marks Cafe.
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate uh, you inviting me, Bert, to be on the show, which I love listening to for many years now. So I'm very honored.
0: Well, you know, I'm I'm um, glad I finally got a chance to have you on the show. You know, I I, I uh, I've known you for a while, but uh, I I heard about these uh, community engagement workshops, and I thought, hey, that's a that's a good chance to get kirsten on the show now is there uh what's the timing of this why why are these community engagement workshops happening now
1: well let me give you a little bit of background if you don't mind so you know that uh in 2019 the legislature decided that energy and our clean energy transition was such an important thing that they pulled us out as a from a division To an attached agency to highlight the importance of energy in combating climate change and achieving um, a de fossilized economy. And so, in doing so, um, they gave us a lot of responsibility to help bring along the entire community, not just industry stakeholders, which is sort of the traditional route of getting everybody on board the train towards a cleaner economy, but um, to reach out to beyond the lowest hanging fruit to everyone in the community, because that's what it's going to take to get everyone uh, participating and making sure that we are certainly able to get to our goals within the time frame, which by statute is 2045, but we all know that we're on a rush um, because... Right now, scientists and our own personal experience on our island is showing that uh, climate change is advancing more rapidly and we're experiencing the impacts, particularly in our island state, more rapidly than ever um, of climate change. So we have that set up with at the same time increasing uh, community concerns about the uh, benefits and, and impacts of utility-scale, grid grid-scale, renewable energy projects mm-hmm. on the communities that host them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and we have uh, realized that we, being policymakers, industry, utilities, that uh, deliberate and more intentional effort has to be made to reach out to and include everyone in Hawaii, to more effectively, efficiently, and most of all, equitably achieve our 100% clean energy and, and carbon-free economy goal. And, yeah. and so how do we do that? One way is, of course, uh, through the media. And um, that that's happening, and people see the energy news all the time. Mm-hmm. But we feel that there's a more personal approach that is needed to um, make sure that everyone is included and can participate and that we get people's uh, mana'o back in terms of, you know, we're offering information and we're helping people understand what the whole energy ecosystem looks like and uh, nuances that they may not have understood or wanted more information about. And in turn, in these workshops, we're then getting everyone's feedback about their community visions, what are their priorities in this clean energy transition, what are their concerns, and what do they want developers and policymakers and the utilities to know about their communities and what, what is most important to them and what they would like to see in terms of uh, both engagement in this process mm-hmm. and benefits from utility-scale projects. So that's why we're doing this.
0: You know, so um, Kirsten, there have been several, I guess, uh, workshops already taking place. I know there's a, there were at least two. Uh, give me a sense as to where they were and and how many people showed up.
1: Sure, uh, this is half the battle is making sure that people are informed and that they're able to come um, because you know everyone's stretched in so many directions. Mm-hmm, so. Mm-hmm. We put out uh, the information about the first two workshops on Maui, which took place last night in Kihei and the night before in Lahaina. Mm -hmm. And um, we put information out through all of the media channels, including our own social media and our partners' social media and our websites. And so if you go to energy.hawaii.gov, which is the Hawaii State Energy Office website, uh, there's a link right there on the landing page to all the workshops and where they took place and where they are taking place. So we started on Maui, and then we're continuing uh, in next week. In uh, It's going to be at the EVA uh, in Makakilo Community Park. So it's our EVA Makakilo Area uh, Community Workshop on Oahu on May 17th. And these are all taking place from... 6 to 8 p.m. at night to make sure that, you know, we give folks a chance to, to get done with work and and get there. And we're providing food. That's really important. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, so you don't have to worry about get, grabbing food. Uh, and also, we are also um, making sure that we really want people to know that you don't have to be an energy ex- expert. You don't have to be akamai about how the utility system works or what projects are happening in your community. We're providing all of that information. And so we want everyone to come out and feel like they're, they're going to get something out of this either through more information, um, understanding who's doing this work in, in across the state, connecting with our office and understanding that they're knowing where the resources are and how to get how to access them. And also um, to ask questions and work. The the workshop is fun. It's an opportunity to sit with your community members and uh, start to vocalize and uh, we'll record and share out what they share with us in terms of their vision and um, their priorities for the clean energy transition. That sounds great. so Eva is the next one.
0: Yeah, and and so... uh, Kirsten, uh, where can people find out more about uh, not only the next one but the upcoming ones after that?
1: Yeah, so the whole schedule is on our website at energy.hawaii.gov, um, and it says community workshops on the landing page, and then there's a link to all of the workshops. We're going to Evers next week, and uh, sorry, next week Tuesday, and then next week Wednesday is Kahuku. We really want the Kahuku community to come out and share with us. Uh, we're trying to be very, very proactive. We've listened to community members for the last two years since uh, the Chief Energy Officer Scott Glenn and I um, started working for uh, the people in this uh, whole process. and uh, we we're trying to give an opportunity for people to share their mana all early and often. Yeah, and we're also, um, going to then be on Hawaii Island the week after, Tuesday, May 24th, from 6 to 8 p.m. And that's going to be in Pahoa, the Pahoa Community Center. And then uh, on the May 26th, we're going to be in Waianae at uh, the Kamehameha Schools Community Learning Center in, in Waianae. Um, well, so-
0: Kristen, that's great. Come on and, out, everybody. Uh, yeah, I'll put that up on our show notes for uh, later on tonight, and people can go out and check that out. So, mahalo, Kirsten, for joining us.
1: Thank you, I appreciate it. And uh, if I may, just in closing,
0: uh, no, <laughs> thanks, thanks, Kirsten. I got to kind of move on, so appreciate appreciate you joining me. We'll take a short break, and when we return, we'll be joined by Ancho and. Uh, Christian Urada from Goal, and of course, their recent winners at the uh, Pace Venture Competition. This is Bite Marks Cafe.
3: Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Anchor Systems Hawaii.
0: Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe on Hawaii Public Radio. I'm happy to now welcome Ancho and Christian Urata from uh, Goal, their recent winners at the Pace Venture Competition. Welcome to Bite Marks Cafe.
3: Hi, Bert. Thank you for having us.
0: Yeah. Well, great to have you both on. And I know it was a cool event that happened a couple of Saturdays ago, Saturdays ago, over at the uh, American Savings Bank uh, location. And uh, your team did a great job, but I I do want to first start off and uh, let people know a little bit about what is is GOAL? What is it that you folks were actually uh, uh, sort of pitching at this uh, competition?
3: Right. So we came up with the idea of having a startup named GOAL, which stands for Great Online Activities for Language Learning, and our goal is to provide like a web and mobile app under a freemium business model to help adult language learners achieve their goals through customizable, scaffolded, and research-grounded activities.
0: And, and uh, you know, I have to compliment you folks for doing a great presentation. Now, this competition, I, I want to learn a little bit more about how uh, the competition sort of um, evolved. I am familiar with sort of the business plan competition but this was more uh, framed up as a venture competition so how did mm-hmm. how did your team and other teams because i know there were uh, a bunch of uh, teams that were part of the the whole process but the event that we went to over at asb was uh was just a three finalists so uh what is it that, what is the process that you folks went through to get to where the finalists uh finalists pitch competition took place
3: Right. It actually um, started out as a private conversation between Kristen and I, so Mm -hmm. we just thought about uh, we saw this opportunity, actually Kristen saw it, and she said, hey, why don't we do adventure, participate in a venture competition? And I thought, okay, great, because we have this idea that we want to apply our knowledge because we're all studying applied linguistics. So we teach people how to study language, and we also learn about how people learn languages. So we just thought that's a really good way to put theories into practice and to reach out more people. So we sign up, and then we kind of gather other team members, so there are four of us, and we all agree that we're going to participate in the competition, and we begin from January to March. We're really thankful for Pace because they offer so many opportunities for us to attend webinars, boot camps, and just to familiarize people like us who technically don't have much business background. So throughout the process, we got to learn a lot about the business side of things. So we're really, really thankful for that.
0: Yeah, no, that's a that's a great story. So, um, uh, Kristen, how did uh, what did it what was it that you saw? Did you see it on a flyer or something, or how did you uh, you know learn about this uh, venture competition?
4: Mm-hmm. Um, I think I heard it through friends who knew other people who entered into um, this venture competition. But I also know. Um, it might have been through the UH Manoa opportunities emails that get sent out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that might have been where um, I saw it. If not, it might have been through their social media um, that pops up every so often.
0: And and uh, the the four co-founders and and your and, and 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 Christian, your folks are all uh, co-founders of Goal. And you're all PhD students in in the field of linguistics. So uh, Mm -hmm. you folks already kind of uh, knew each other and and were in advanced studies. I I take it some of the other teams that were participating in this competition were part of a class. So they might have had a professor, uh, uh, let's say, encourage them to participate in this. From what I gather from what you just said, it was sort of you seeing the opportunity... Uh, mm-hmm. kristen and and really uh between you and Anne brought people together that were part of your uh, uh, i guess uh colleagues and then and then mm-hmm. you've, you in essence uh formed the the company goal is that is mm-hmm. that kind of the uh a, a correct assessment how did well so maybe maybe my question is once you've formed and and teamed uh teamed up mm-hmm. and then joined pace. Did, did PACE really kind of provide you with any of the, of the mentors mentors that were uh, helping you to uh, really get your mind around the business aspects of, of starting up a company?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, when we entered into the center competition, we really yeah. went in there with the mindset that this was going to be a learning opportunity for us mm-hmm. regardless mm-hmm. of what happened in the competition we really just wanted to learn, um, you know, what does it take to start a business? Um, and the people that paid, they were so helpful um, throughout the whole entire process. And so we went through all of their boot camps um, and the mentor that they invited to the boot camps was Denise and she was so knowledgeable and so helpful in all of the boot camps, I think there were four throughout the competition, and then Pace um, also provided us with each coach after we were able to advance on to the semifinal round. Mm-hmm. And our coach Jeff, he was just so helpful and so patient with us, and so we're really grateful for all of the learning opportunities that Pace provides the students, and they're very understanding and they're very supportive. Well, we're very very grateful
0: for that support. So, in terms of the the coaches and the mentors, I mean, what uh, you just mentioned them, but where where did they come from? They weren't they weren't necessarily professors, right? They were part of the uh, business community,
4: right? Um, I believe Denise um, was joining us from California, mm-hmm. and then I believe she will also be. Um, running or she will also be the mentor for the summer launch program that people will be um having this summer so we're really excited to um learn for her, from her once again um
0: and, and, and then the F- other one was uh where where did the other one come from was it a uh someone from our business community
4: um so our coach Jeff um mm-hmm. comes from UH Manoa he's an instructor at UH Manoa and then he volunteered
0: to be a coach um, for PACE and uh, in terms of your pitch competition what did they what did they advise you to really focus in on I mean was was part of the obviously part of the pitch was what problem are you solving and how did they coach you in in trying to deliver that message
3: so I can go ahead and answer this question. So, mm-hmm. yes, our coach, a shout out to Jeff Hui, who really helped us uh, fine tune our presentation because coming from an academic background, it's really different, like the style that you talk. Like, we don't really talk. Um, we kind of shy away from criticizing others, but for business competition, we had to, you know, really pitch the fact that other language learning apps today aren't really addressing the critical problems of language learning because of the methods that they're using, which primarily relies on like sentence translation or picture matching. So it may be helpful for beginners, but uh, we conducted customer discovery interviews and found that many of the interviewees said that they feel stuck. So after you surpass the beginner level, these apps kind of lose their purpose. So then, there needs to be another thing or another platform that can provide these learners who already have the basic knowledge in order to continue and reach their goals of, of communicating with native speakers or foreigners, or even reading a blogs or newspaper in the foreign language.
0: You know, you you bring up an excellent point, and and I think uh, we'd like to I'd like to delve a little bit more into what are some of the the more I guess the current popular uh, apps that might help you learn a language and i think you alluded to that uh so what we'll do is we'll we'll get into a little bit more of that uh, we'll take a short break we'll hold that thought uh, after the short break we'll continue our conversation with both and cho and christian Urata, and we're talking about their app uh their company goal and of course uh, they are the recent winners of the pace venture competition this is bite marks cafe
3: Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Native Books and PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training.
0: Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe on HPR One. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, we're talking to Ann Cho and Christian Urata from Goal, and of course, uh, we're finding out about uh, their their launching of their startup, and it's an online language learning environment. And right before the break, um, Ann, you were talking about some of the current apps that are out there that you could, uh, you know, go and and learn a language. And I think uh, you know maybe maybe you can share some of those apps that are out there just to give our listeners an idea of of what you're referring to. And And you bring up a good point. I mean, a lot of these are very uh, sort of beginner entry level. So maybe describe some of the current apps that are on the market and and where does Goal sort of fit in?
3: Right. So the most popular one, of course, is Duolingo. I'm Mm -hmm. sure a lot of people have heard of it. And it's becoming so popular because it is fun. They use gamification and very attractive illustrations to catch learners' attention. And the methods they primarily use is through grammar translation or sentence translation where you translate a sentence and there's a lot of repetitions and there's a lot of picture matching and recently they have like short stories for some of the languages. And another language learning app that comes to mind would be Language Drops and Mm -hmm. that relies on like mnemonic images so they provide like an icon and then the vocabulary for you to kind of remember vocabulary through games and repetition
0: and so and you um you felt that uh, that perhaps was a way of getting a very entry-level elementary uh, learning of of the language uh, but goal has uh, the intention of taking it another another whole nother level
3: Right, so um, our approach, and I would like Kristen to kind of speak on this because this is her area of specialty, mm-hmm. which uh, the approach that we would like to adopt is task-based activities or interactions. So, Kristen, maybe you can tell us a little bit more about that.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So um, task-based um, language teaching, um, the approach that we're using for our app, is really um, focusing on the real-world needs of the language learners. So recognizing that beyond beyond just uh, remembering vocabulary and grammar, there are tasks, like real-world tasks, that we all need to do in our daily lives. And so one of the examples that we provided in our presentation was um, some of us read news articles on a daily basis, and so sometimes... We kind of just read them just to consume the information like what's happening um, in the local national or international news Um, but we don't only just uh, read to be informed sometimes we go to our friends or family and we um, talk about what we just read so like summarizing what we just read or exchanging opinions and those are everyday real-world tasks that we would like learners to be able to do using goal so it's not just um, so just, I guess it goes beyond just uh, memorizing. Mm-hmm. We want learners to use it in their daily life.
0: And, and um, <clears throat> Kristen, what, what language are you focusing your attention on in the initial development of, of your application?
4: Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Um, currently, we're focusing on English and Chinese um, because that's currently um, the proficiency um, that the team members have. Um, that we would be able to build um, language tasks for, so English and Chinese for now. But we are definitely looking to expand the languages that we offer in the future.
0: And that's uh, that's great, you know. And when I spoke to you at the competition, uh, you all all the team members felt that uh, learning Chinese is uh, is easy, <laughs> and I, I just <laughs> I just think that's quite amazing. Uh, given the fact that I can barely speak English but uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> the the um, the winnings that you folks were able to uh, get as a result of the competition what do you what do you plan to do with it uh, given the the current state of uh, stage of goal what is it what is it that you want to try to apply some of that uh, prize winning to actually get your startup off the ground now maybe that's an oh. end question.
3: Yeah, thank you for the question. That's a really good question. So uh, at the venture competition, we were awarded with $10,000. So that is quite a lot to get started, but still not enough. That's why we're participating in the summer launchpad to Mm
2: -hmm.
3: probably get another $4,000 of fund to get things started. And we would like to spend that money mostly on app development because although our team members all have talents to carry out different aspects of the app, there is one crucial aspect that we need to perhaps outsource a team of software developers to actually create the app. So that would cost us a lot of money. So most of our money will go into app development.
0: And and uh, between and you and Christian, I mean, you folks are all PhD students. You probably have a pretty heavy, you know, <laughs> study uh, 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 regime to to get through the PhD program. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you envision kind of carving up some time so that you can actually get your startup off the ground? Uh, maybe that's a maybe that's another and question.
3: Right, so yes, PhD life is really, really busy, but I think we're kind of used to multitasking. So mm-hmm. we're constantly picking up new projects to do, and this one, we see our dissertation as one baby and our goal business as another baby. So oh. we're going to have twins. We're going <laughs> to make sure we allocate time to move both in a consistent matter,
0: and and Christian, uh, I mean, do you have you given any thought about? I know you mentioned the uh, the launch pad, and and that's kind of the next uh, program that you might get involved in. But uh, have you thought beyond that, like uh, some of the accelerator programs, perhaps uh, like a blue startups, uh, sometime down the down the timeline. Um, I think.
4: So I think right now we're kind of just focusing on one step at a time and just making sure we are able to balance everything uh, well. Um, But definitely we we are keeping track of a running list of opportunities that we can um, apply to in the future. So definitely um, everything is in consideration. Um, It's just a matter of taking one step at a time and then planning our next steps.
0: What what would you um, tackle, you know, beyond Chinese? What, Chinese is tough enough, and you know, tough enough as it is. But what would be your next language that you might want to incorporate? Oh,
2: that's
4: a good question. <laughs> I don't know if we really ta- thought about that yet, but um, uh, there's various languages that we could do. Um, so I'm just thinking about here in Hawaii what might what languages might be of use for the people here and I can think of perhaps um our tourism industry, so Japanese and Korean and of course, you know, in addition to Chinese, what I think would be useful uh for people to for goals to serve people here guess. Um
0: Well, you know, so I think part- you know, I think I do definitely want to uh follow your path uh, as you go down this uh, development of goal. Uh, and where can we find out more about Goal and and your uh, progress?
3: Right. So we're currently working on um, building our website, but we do already have a domain ready. Mm-hmm. It's just that we need the time to build it. So uh, the URL is Goal G O A L L dot app A P P. So Sounds... Goal dot app. That would be our domain
0: name. Sounds and good. We... Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Ann. Both Ancho Cho and Christian Urata are with Goal, PhD candidates at UH and winners of the PACE Venture Competition, and I want to thank them both for joining us. And thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week when we are here about the latest at Hatch, the aquaculture accelerator on Hawaii Island. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find a podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. Of course, you stay safe, you stay awesome. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe.